welcome to Directly to You, a Fanatics 4 podcast. I am Parker of Fanatics 4, and I am joined by nobody. Uh, it's a very interesting podcast this week that we're doing. If you're listening to this on audio format, it'll it'll just be me talking uh, for the most part. But if you're watching video, I've actually got stuff set up a little bit differently. So hopefully that'll be fun, you know, whatever. Uh, if we think of it as just like a long video <laughs> that we normally do, but, um, you know, podcast wise instead. So uh, one of the things that we'll be doing a bit differently as I go through is the Q&A that you guys ask instead of doing it all at the end. I'm just going to intersperse it throughout stuff as it pertains to what we're talking about or just randomly when it makes sense to do it. So uh, first up, before we can get into the housekeeping, a question uh, here. Let me do. I'm figuring out this technology stuff, y'all using OBS doing things. Pat Green asked on Twitter, is AJ OK? Will you be doing an alter ego voice so you have someone to talk to? And can that voice be crunk? Uh, yeah, it, it can totally be crunk. Um, yeah, whatever. OK, I'm I'm going to like tone it down because I can't keep up like super high energy the whole time, especially because I'm just talking to myself. But uh, it'll be good. Yeah, I think AJ's all right. I actually haven't talked to him a whole bunch. He just said, hey, unexpectedly, I can't join today. See if you can find a guest or whatever. I reached out to a number of people, uh, about eight different content creators that we're friends with, um, and they all were like, man, I'd love to, but I'm busy today. So it's just us here, guys, and uh, it'll be a fantastic time anyway. We're going to talk about the news. Um, but yeah, let's get into the housekeeping. So some housekeeping for y'all. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can in a number of different ways. You can either become a member on YouTube or support us on twitch.tv slash x 4 or uh, Anchor is another way. So all those places are $5 a month, unless on Twitch, if you have you know a, a Prime membership, you can do a free month that way. I always forget about it. I have a Prime membership and I have multiple months not used it for anybody. So if you're like me, you know, let's use it for someone at least. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. Um, but for all those things, you get different rewards and stuff. You get channel, um, you get emotes. I didn't write all this stuff down. I never do this. AJ always does this. Um, but you can also join the supporters only Discord where uh, Mega Man is, who asked this question. He said, Will Mega Man ever get his revenge on Pokemon Trainer for allowing himself to be a wrecking ball for the name of content? You too can fight AJ in Smash and be a wrecking ball in the name of content. That's what a noble cause, honestly. You know, like, uh, it's what a wonderful honor. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's something. Meg Man, we appreciate you for doing that. That's uh, You stepped up to the plate. You really, you know, swung a home a home wicket, as they say in cricket. That's that's the one, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure. I don't know much about cricket other than there's, I think, a wicket, which... Seems a bit silly that those rhyme and are in the same, you know, sport and all that. But, I mean, you wear a hat with a bat with baseball. So, I don't know if that's the same at all. Couldn't tell you. Really couldn't tell you. Um, but that's probably for housekeeping. If you've been around, you know, you you know what this all is. Uh, you can listen to this show on all the streaming, you know, all the, all the podcast services. Um, but if you know of one that we're not on that you're not listening to, but you'd rather be listening to, but you're like, ah, oh, every time I go to Schmirgle Burgle, it, which is where I listen to most of my podcasts, Fanatics 4 isn't on there. So just let us know. Uh, but you could rate and review on the podcast service you listen to, and that would be helpful for, you know, placement and all that kind of good stuff. So that's about uh, it for housekeeping. Thank you guys so much for, you know, showing up every week and, and all that and commenting and leaving questions because that really helps us, A, feel engaged and help, just actually be engaged, not even feel engaged, like have things to talk about besides just the news and just talking to each other, uh, talking to you guys and all that. So, um, you know what? What games are we playing, though? I say we, this this uh, PowerPoint here that I'm using, uh, it says we're playing, but it has an asterisk because you know what? I'm the only one talking about it, but you guys are also playing games, so you can, I don't know, tell me about them somewhere, you know, message me or put them in the, comments of the YouTube video or something like that. But what I'm playing this week, in any case, I'm playing more Animal Crossing. Honestly, it's it's a fun game, and I just keep on, keep on playing it. Um, and I don't really have a backup that's like something consistent that I just kind of keep going to. So I was playing Nino... Actually, this is something I 
meant to do on here and we're going to do it live on air um uh, i'll pull it up here as i'm talking but i was playing nino cuning and i still might be playing nino cuning we're about to find out uh how that's gonna go uh and i i like it it's it's good i think the fact that it's nine years old or something like that at this point makes me care a little bit less about like continuing to play it because i i don't have fomo necessarily but there is an incentive to be playing stuff that other people are playing and when this is something where by the end of it i'll be like there we go i got that experience but won't really have much conversation around it that's less incentive in any case you know um and it's it's a good game but it's not like the most enthralling game to be able to do that with uh i don't feel like because there's creatures in it in the same way that there are in like pokemon and digimon kind of and but i don't feel the same connection to the creatures that i have captured um that i feel like i do in some of those other games pokemon specifically i don't know about some of those other games so i i'm curious actually if you guys if anybody who plays like yokai watch if that feels the same as pokemon does in that case you know especially in one where i don't know yokai watch 4 if that's all new yokai which i don't know that it is but if it's all new yokai and then in uh like pokemon black and white where it was all new pokemon in that that were in the main game you know before the post game to my understanding i'd be really interested to know if that feels the same for you guys if if the game itself and the franchise is able to make you feel more of a connection through the gameplay comparatively because i know for me that's it's not really catching the same way in nino kuni but excuse me uh i did run a poll last night that ended right before this now and uh and here it is the poll was whether or not it's here's a question i'm 16 hours in a nino kuni i have a few other games in my backlog and keep playing more animal crossing new horizons with more new games on the new horizon you get it it's a joke that's that's a funny 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 joke i said i don't care that much about finishing a game but also i don't know so i leave it in your hands do i finish it or not results are in (laughs) okay out of 23 votes yes finishing it wins by the slimmest margin of 2.2 percent uh 52.2 percent to 47.8 so i guess it wins by 4.4 percent whatever interesting i guess i'll keep playing it um yeah i mean it's again it's a good game i'll keep you guys updated on my thoughts as i go it's not the most enthralling like i said but uh but i enjoy most of the the minute to minute stuff so that's nino cuny uh you heard me talk about it a bit the other weeks as well and i am getting further in i have a full party of three people now it, which seems like that's the most that you get it's possible that you get more and have to rotate them out later i'm not really sure but I have a full party of three people um, and feel like most of my Coonies, Ninos, monsters, whatever, creatures are pulling their weight to some degree. For a while, it felt like I only had one good one on each person um, and they can each have each of your people have three and you can um, switch them out as you, you're supposed to switch them out fairly, fairly often because they get tired after a little while. So that's that animal crossing new horizons uh just quick update on that i'm still going through i'm doing a bunch of terraforming on my island and uh built a labyrinth last night which is different than a maze i'll have you know um and i would have thought it was different in the way that like it's you know like pan's labyrinth or whatever or the movie labyrinth where it's a maze and it's like you get lost and all that stuff but traditionally in some culture specifically or whatever i don't know how it's delineated exactly but a labyrinth is um it's like a meditative thing so i remember when i was i don't know like 11 or something we were visiting my grandparents who lived in the uk at the time and my mom said we're going to this the castle of something something i don't know of blarg or whatever um because you know monty python the castle of arg and they have a labyrinth there and i was very excited about this because i thought it was going to be like a you know a hedge maze or something kind of like in animal crossing ironically right now i went we went to the castle there was a labyrinth as it were but uh this kind of labyrinth is not you don't get lost in it you just follow a path 
and it's supposed to be like I don't know I guess like counting sheep is kind of the same sort of idea where you have something to focus on so you can like let your mind wander on other things or maybe like if you like driving and you're just going to drive your you know standard route or something somewhere or going on a walk or something like that where your body knows what it's doing because it's following something so your mind can like is free to do other things I guess that's the logic I don't really know but I decided Animal Crossing is supposed to be a relaxing game so I just built one of those as well in that uh, so it's a little like hedge area where there's just a stone path that goes around a specific pattern and you follow it and there's flowers all around there so you can't run because that's the point is you're supposed to take it slowly because I run everywhere um, but it's good uh, and then also today is the beginning of the May Day stuff because it's May 1st for me uh, when I'm recording this and Ashley was doing the uh, she did the Mayday trip, which is you go to an island, a specific island that you can only go to throughout this amount of time. And it's it is kind of a maze, sort of or a puzzle, I guess uh, you go through and like have to collect things. It's it reminds me a little bit of a really stripped down, even tied island from Breath of the Wild, which for what it's worth, one of my favorite parts of that game. Like it was super fun to go to even tied island, have nothing going in and have to figure it out as you go, you know, kind of build back up from nothing. Because at that point, I probably was, I don't know, like a third of the way through the game, and I had, yeah, maybe like 40 shrines or something. So I was pretty strong, all things considered. Not nearly as strong as at the end, where you can kill everything in a matter of instance. But uh, I was pretty strong. And so going to even tied out and being stripped back down to nothing felt fun again because it was like i just gotta use whatever i can find like because at that point in the game normally if i see a stick i'm just gonna leave the stick you know if you have stronger weapons than that you're not gonna bother doing anything with the stick so it was fun going back to that point and the the mayday island seems like a really stripped down version of that too where you have no tools going in no fruit no anything you get a shovel right at the beginning and then have to kind of like work your way up past that however ashley did the you can redo it which we found out which was good because she went through and accidentally hit a rock with her axe and then went to go chop down the tree she was supposed to chop down, which takes three hits. And they obviously made that axe so that you could only use it three hits worth and it would break. But she'd accidentally hit the rock beforehand. So she was like, well, now I can't do anything. And until we figured out, oh, you can try it as many times as you want that was a pain and was really annoying so she was not thrilled about that and i was like i don't know what to do so but she did it again um and uh, i texted her about it after i was off my meeting earlier and she was like it was good it was all right it wasn't like the coolest thing in the world but it was something so that's pretty much what i'm playing um i'd like to i think next week i'd like to branch out a bit more again probably obviously going to be playing some more nino cooney but but there's that um and then we've got another question here from george skinner on the youtube community so we ask questions on the youtube community tab as well and then if you have any questions you want to ask us then just let us know so uh aj had asked any specific topics you want to talk about you want us to talk about or questions you want to ask george skinner said how about going in depth about the super mario maker 2 and animal crossing new horizons updates we're talking about the rumors of no direct in place of E3. Question mark. Love your vids. Thanks, George Skinner. That's very nice. Um, yeah, so actually, last week we did talk quite a bit about Super Mario Maker 2 update and the Animal Crossing New Horizon one. So I won't go a ton more into depth right now about those. Um, but I am also I am considering making a, a bit more of a deep dive video on Super Mario Maker 2 and sort of an opinion piece of sorts. So... Um, We'll see. Maybe that happens. I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to tell. Depending on what stuff happens this next week might form what videos I end up making. Uh, but good question, in any case. And thank you for the recommendations because we are going to be talking about the no direct news or rumor, any of that thing. Uh, that'll be in a minute. But actually, first, we've got something. We got something fun. And it is well, an unboxing. <laughs> This isn't a very official unboxing, but I got something in the mail today, and I didn't know what it was. Um, maybe I might have gotten it like three days ago. I don't go outside of my house anymore. Y'all, it's quarantine time. So I got this, and it was from my mom, 
which is very nice. They just went back for what it's worth. Also, uh, they just flew on a plane. Uh, my parents had been in the U.S. for a while, which is where I am. And but they usually live in Brussels, Belgium. So they had to go fly back and they'd been here an extra like two months over what they would planned on being. So my mom made me. Oh, no, I dropped it. Okay, I'm back. My mom made me this around Christmas time, which is a cross stitch. If you're listening to the audio format, it's a cross stitch of um, an SNES controller, NES controller, uh, Nintendo 64 computer controller and a Game Boy. And it says never forget. And she said while she was making it that she would like be around other adults and stuff. And they'd be like, what are you even making? Like, what is that? And she was like, oh, it's a cross stitch of. Um, some Nintendo controllers for my son because he makes uh, he has a YouTube channel on Nintendo stuff and they were like I didn't understand any words you just said so my mom must be cool I guess um, no my mom's super cool I love her a lot but I she'd mentioned a while back that she was making another thing similar to that so I haven't seen it yet I just I did open it just a little bit to see if it was a cross stitch but I don't actually know what's on it yet so here we go Let's open it. Hey, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay, well, that's going up somewhere for sure. Okay, so if you're if you're just listening to the audio, oh my goodness, this is so good. I so I earlier I peeked a little bit at it just to make sure again it was something worth unboxing on here and wasn't completely unrelated to the podcast. And I saw just this Koopa shell. Yeah, so if you're just listening, it's um the SNES, uh, it's Super Mario Kart lineup of characters and all the uh their special items and items and stuff uh but i saw just the red shell down there and thought it was a pokeball and then also saw just the banana up here and thought it was some pokemon um i didn't know what exactly but it reminded me of something very vaguely so but it wasn't that it's this which Honestly, look, the great thing about cross stitches for I know you guys can see the reflection of the screen. The great thing about cross stitches for, uh, you know, SNES games and all that kind of stuff is like by default, it's 16 bit or whatever, 8 bit. You know, you can do it however you want, I guess. But um, just by default, it's going to look pixelated because that's how cross stitch works is it's squares. Um so that means it looks super, super good. Man, I my mom should do this like... I mean, I'm sure she got this pattern from somewhere. Um, so somebody else is doing it professionally or whatever. But she does such a good job. I'm proud of you, mom. And I love you and you're great. That was the unboxing. Wasn't that great? It wasn't even, wasn't even from a box. But it was from something. So here's the next Q&A. Also, I know this is a weird format, by the way. Like... As I said, I couldn't get anybody else to be on here um, and had the idea for doing it like this and was like, we'll just do it and see what happens. So I appreciate you guys, you know, hanging in with me because this is what we're doing. So uh, and then so Q&A before we move into the news bit, as we close up this intro section is Grizz on the Discord asked uh, he actually he asked a little before we called for questions. I think he asked yesterday. What was your favorite indie of last year? Uh, I assume he means indie game and not indie record or anything like that. Um, obviously, indie game. So I I uh, put together this list of all of the indie games that I played in 2019. Uh, here they are: uh, Tourist, Untitled Goose Game, Steam World Quest, Undertale. Cadence of Hyrule, Bastion, Windscape, Overwhelm, It'll Do 2, Over the Top Tower Defense, or OTTTD, and Divinity Original Sin 2, which I put an asterisk on because it technically is an indie game, because, like, technically it's an indie game. It's not like they they publish in-house, but they just make like AAA, it's Larian Studios, who's also making Baldur's Gate 3, but it's like they're not being published by 2K or something like that, so they are an independent studio that self-publishes. But at the same time, if we're being honest, like, it's not... We're not going to count it as an indie game. Also, it would win. Like, it was my second favorite game of last year, period, right behind Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it was a close second, so... 
we're just not going to count that one mostly to have a more interesting conversation because otherwise that's it you just that we're done so but of those games um i'll give i mean quick highlights of them too tourist was uh was super cool honestly it looked really good it's like a voxel style if i was even more high tech i'd have like trailers of the games going right now but i didn't plan ahead that far i had like an hour to put this together so here we are but it's like a voxel style adventure game with kind of like small island little adventure island kinds of things um wasn't a super long game probably seven hours i almost 100 percented it i think in like eight hours was what i remember and that was including me doing a bunch of mini games a bunch of times to make sure to beat them one of them was like an f-zero sort of fast rmx kind of thing uh, and it was hard like i i did not do super well it took me a long time um and it was hard and made me realize though that i kind of should play fast rmx or f-zero but Taurus was good. Uh, it probably wouldn't be number one, but I'll put that in third place. Um, Untitled Goose Game, Steamworld Quest. Man, this is honestly kind of hard to say. Uh, I didn't finish It'll Do Two or Overwhelm. Um, Windscape was actually my first review code that I ever got because uh, I just had I got it probably in March of last year, and I joined this channel in January. So that was. That was fun. It wasn't the best of these games, um, but it was a fun time. I'm probably going to have to say, though, either Cadence of Hyrule or SteamWorld Quest, I think, is the answer to that question. Um, probably, we'll say SteamWorld Quest, because the other, all the other ones, honestly, all of these are really good. I would recommend pretty much all. The, I didn't finish, like I said, Overwhelm, It'll Do 2, or Over the Top Tower Defense, so I can't specifically recommend those. Um, Windscape was okay, um, and all the rest of them highly recommend. Tourist, Untitled Goose Game, SeaWorld Quest, Undertale, Cadence of Hyrule, Bastion, fantastic. And Divinity Original Sin, we all know that wins. So, hey, here we go. Next up, news time. Let's get serious. That's what I wrote on the PowerPoint, for what it's worth. There was a decent amount of news this week, uh, and some of it is interesting uh, mostly the headline thing that you'll probably have seen is that there is reportedly no nintendo direct this june so let me share this article i'll pull up that screen this is a rumor of course so we don't know because nintendo hasn't said anything and it's a rumor until nintendo says something one way or another but i think when e3 got canceled earlier this year we all kind of just assumed and we did at least because we talked about it on air a lot that pretty much it would just carry on as usual in a lot of ways like nintendo would still do their nintendo direct around the same time because that's what they would have planned for ahead of time you know most of their release schedules would have been planned around then and well not that they would come out then but the marketing stuff would have been planned in reference to getting announced in in june so we were probably we were expecting that um and that even if E3 didn't do it, that still, you know, companies would kind of organize together somehow, which we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like um, outside of Nintendo in a little bit. But just assume Nintendo would have kept going. And especially with having the mini direct, it seemed like they were just biding their time, put, you know, setting their eggs aside. That's not a phrase, but we're using it um, that they were just kind of setting stuff aside to be able to have. OK, I'm going to scroll down because this top part of this video or the thing keeps going <laughs> um yeah that they would have just been saving all their news up to be able to have a big june presentation but that's not the case they're obviously doing something different uh whatever that is so let's let's read the article and then we'll talk about it so the original how long is this yeah i'll read the whole thing so original says uh, usually when june rolls around you can generally expect nintendo to host a presentation of some kind they used to be in the form of an in-person conferences at e3 but in recent years the company shifted to nintendo directs instead however there's a chance that we won't be getting any sort of presentation in june this year venturebeat is reporting that nintendo has told partner developers it will not hold a nintendo direct during the month the site said quote unquote, complications brought about from Japan's work from home order as a part of its attempts to mitigate COVID-19 are forcing Nintendo to push back its schedule. VentureBeat does, does note that Nintendo had been 
quote unquote, putting together a June event. It was lining up partners and was planning to unveil its first party schedule for the rest of 2020, including news regarding Mario's 35th anniversary. It's unclear when fans can expect the next Nintendo Direct. VentureBeat says that one may not air until the very end of summer. We should note that VentureBeat accurately reported on the last Nintendo Direct after the site wrote an article in mid-March saying the broadcast would go live on March 26th, the latest Nintendo Direct Mini was published that day. There is still some news from Nintendo expected in June. The Big N previously said it would unveil and release the next DLC character for Smash Bros. Ultimate, who will be a representative from ARMS. And then there was an update later that added Eurogame is running a similar story. The site says Nintendo has told publishers to set reveal or yeah, Nintendo has told publishers set to reveal games during its showcase that it needs more development time on its first party games. Additionally, publishers have been told not to wait if they wish to make their own reveals individually. So this is so that's something Um, it's it's not surprising. It's also not like it's fine, you know, considering everything going on, like we don't know what Nintendo's pipeline is like at all. Or any companies, you know, how they're affected specifically. I did hear somewhere recently that, um, I don't remember where I even heard this, but that the culture in Japan, as far as working from home, isn't really set up for that infrastructure in the same way as it is in the States, where that's kind of something we're already, a lot of us are already doing anyway, if you work certain kinds of jobs. Like, prior to all this, I already worked from home for my day job two, maybe three days a week. Um... And so now shifting to every day kind of sucks, but is also not that weird. And our business just carried across fine. But if your business isn't set up for that, and especially in this kind of case where it that includes having studios, you know, having equipment that you can't, you know, if five different, I don't know how studios for video game stuff works, but if five different people are at some point or another using this one computer with this specific software that's really expensive and hard to use or something like that, and um, or hard to run rather getting those five different people, their own copies of computers that'll run that software and the software itself, like could be hard and maybe their homes aren't even set up for that. So all that to say, you know, that's, that's a thing as far as the development of those games that they were going to be announcing. It does seem to me like they could have maybe, or they could just shift what gets announced but at the same time after the lackluster as in sorry i'll clarify that that they still have a june presentation but they shift around the announcements within it to be something different um and they announce the things that they can't announce you know and just ignore the ones that they can't but after the lackluster uh many direct reactions from people you know most people were like yeah we understand that it wasn't like the biggest thing but that, that was pretty small you know all things considered I think after that, they um, they really would want to hit it as big as they can, you know, put all their eggs in that basket, and which is the eggs from earlier that I mentioned. So I don't really, I don't know. Here's the, the ways that I could see this going, and it could be something different than this from sure, but uh, from sure, for sure. But here's the things that I'm thinking it could be. Number one, they could still around june time around when that would be just still announce some things have a twitter direct like they've had before um have them all be kind of within a specific week anyway you know whatever they had to announce on in the june time period that they would have just gone ahead and told us about those because they had to get they have to get the the marketing started at some point if they still want to be able to release stuff at whatever time they want to I, I don't know. Um, that's it's a way I could see it going, but I don't know that it's going to mostly because the games themselves seem to be what's being pushed out. Not, you know, because Nintendo, their main thing from Nintendo Direct is the first party games. So that's like a staple that they can't not have in there. So if the games that are holding together that those reveals, you know, are having to be pushed out, then they can't release those in a direct or out of a direct or anything. So I, I imagine we'll still see some of that, but I don't know that it'll be kind of confined in a week's time. I think just randomly in the same way that we got some, you know, news last week for Mario maker update and, uh, animal crossing. Well, the animal crossing stuff makes sense. Um, but Splatoon two having the demo and stuff, 
I think it'll be a bit more like that where they're like, we'll just put it out when we feel like we can, when it feels like it makes makes sense. And then we'll wait until, you know, it sounds like towards the end of the summer, we could be having an Nintendo Direct. So, um, you know, depending on how stuff goes there. It's interesting for sure. I, at this point, you know, we do, we've got plenty to play. Um, I imagine we'll hear more about the Smash characters and, and all that. Uh, I still think that that's something we could f- be finding more out about throughout the year. Um, obviously, you know, Pokemon DLC is coming out as well. So it's not like nothing's happening, but it's it's a change up uh, for sure. So and here's a, a question that we've got on that or related to that. So this is from Lord Commander Grimhane. Uh, and he says, with the news that Nintendo won't do an E3 Direct, are they finally canceled? As the clear failures they're providing for one of the hottest selling systems this decade, but then ignoring us, the consumer, three years after its launch? Let me tell you something. Yeah, they're can't. I mean, Nintendo just can't. Nintendo can't. Nintendo canceled. Nobody even knows who they are anymore. They're dead to us. No, obviously he's kidding. I'm kidding too. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's that. Grim Hain, I appreciate your candor and your. Um, really you know put it through the the effort in the and the emotion in this hard time that is all <laughs> no yeah so it's i mean it does suck because this you know probably would have been a big year for nintendo if it weren't for all this stuff but this also would have been a big year for going outside and seeing friends for all of us and it's not and that's okay we're just gonna have to deal with it so next article coming on up here we go we got do the thing. Oh yeah, uh, never mind. Not next article. We, I got a question that I set up here too. This one is from Cool Cool on the YouTube community. Again, AJ asked if there were any topics that we should be talking about, and so Cool Cool said you should definitely talk about the hacks that happened on the switches and the fact that the June presentation has been delayed. Also said, uh, been watching the channel for a long time, but why is the channel called Fanatics Four if it's just you two? That is a secret I'll never tell. XOXO gossip. I man, I set up scenes in OBS. Again, if you're watching the YouTube video of this, it's probably a little bit more entertaining than listening to the audio, but I appreciate audio listeners. I that's how I listen to podcasts, honestly. So I don't fault anybody for anything. But I wish I'd set up a scene that zoomed into my face because that would have been way more fun. But it's okay. Whatever. Um honestly, I kind of don't know the answer a little bit to why it's <laughs> called Fanatics 4, but it's just the two of us. Because I joined when it was just two or three um, people-ish anyway. So if I'm being honest, if I remember right, I think there were actually four people at the way beginning, very briefly. um, But the name's just the name, you know? It's just what it is. And ever since then, it's been two or three people kind of in and out. Right now, it's two of us doing videos and then Justin doing some back-end stuff. Um, So that's three people. And then number four is you guys. That's four, Fanatics four. You guys, we're all fanatics and crazy. Um, also, cool, cool, you mentioned the the hacks that happened on the Switches. Yeah, I don't know what those are. I wasn't paying attention to that. So let me know in the comments because I, I truly don't know. Um, but the next topic is, and this is, Nintendo wasn't on this uh, as far as talking about stuff, but this is the Summer of Games. This is something that was announced by um, Jeff Keighley on Twitter. So let me pull that up real quick. We got this tweet right here where Jeff Keighley said phase one and he put up this big old picture. Um, And so it's the summer game fest. And uh, so the lineup here is 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, uh, Extremis, which I don't know what that one is, EA, maybe it's something else and I'm misreading it, EA, uh, PlayStation, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, Warner Brothers, and Xbox. No Nintendo, which is interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. But at least we know this is going on. And then so there was this video put out, but um, Jeff Keighley said, introducing Summer Games Fest, a season of news, in-game events, and playable content from the entire video games industry. May through August 2020, and the developer showcase with I Am Bit or I Am 8-Bit as well. See you soon. Summer Games Fest 2020. And then uh, last but not least, and then we'll talk more about it. He he read the or he said the following, which I thought was was good and kind of sums up my feelings on it, too. 
Since I was a kid, one of my favorite parts of the summer has been seeing all the video game companies band together to hype us up about the future of this incredible medium. This year has been a challenge for all of us. For a while, I thought 2020 might be the first time in 25 years we didn't have a big magic industry-wide moment. It really bummed me out to see everything fracture. More than ever, this is a year we need a positive, uplifting center of gravity to bring this global community together. So that's what we're going to build. Today, I'm proud to announce Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of news events from all your favorite game platforms and publishers. It's all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events, playable content and demos and of select titles and a bunch of fun surprises. Summer Games Fest isn't a singular show, but a whole season for events. The schedule hub at summergamefest.com will guide you through the next four months to make sure you don't miss a thing. And trust me, there are some amazing events coming, and I'm working on some plans for a developer showcase with my friend at I'm8bit, of course, and of course, Gamescom Online on August 24th as a season finale. Thanks to all the game companies and developers who are working hard and under challenging circumstances to keep us entertained. I hope Summer Game Fest is a way to show these artists just how much their work helps us get through uncertain and scary times. Keep playing the future. Games Gaming is about to get really bright this summer. Okay, that was a lot of words. I apologize for reading so, so many words at your faces. Um, your ear holes heard it. There it is. <laughs> No, so Summer Game Fest, this is awesome. I'm super glad to see this happen because I think uh, we we did know about IGN's Summer of Games. And I don't know if that's merged with this and he's working. I don't know if this is hosted by IGN and he or by him and it's I, I don't really know. But that was the thing that they talked about was IGN's Summer of Games. And I think something like this is really good for these companies to be able to work together gives a lot of flexibility because it's may to august so really it sounds like if you know say i'm jeff Keeley and you guys are all the developers i could be like hey here's the thing we've got these months who of you could be ready for may 15th like call your bid and then that's yours you know may 15th you can announce some stuff which xbox seems like they're the ones starting us off next week because they're going to have some announcements about the xbox one x or xbox oh my goodness xbox series x and um some news with that so that'll be really interesting the um in general the summer games though like it needed to have something collating it together kind of uh bringing it all together because otherwise i think developers could very easily kind of like step on each other's toes unintentionally where there's definitely times where Nintendo will announce something and Sony will be like, here's this, you know, like, I don't remember what it was, but I think the SNES classic, oh no, it was uh, Nintendo Switch Online or something like that was announced. And then the next day, the PlayStation classic was announced, that kind of a thing, you know, silly jabs like that, where it's like, we're going to announce something right after you just to, to mess with you. But I think in this case, all these companies acknowledge like we need this year to go as well as possible um, and try not to step on each other's toes because the better some the better everybody's doing, the better everybody else is going to be doing. So um, and especially because most of these are just publishers. So like for the most part, yes, there's a certain amount of money spend that can be had across different public you know across all sorts of different games so like if a million games come out i'm still only going to be able to play a certain amount of them but for the most part if new people are buying consoles for one game that means that there's a bigger market for other games to be on there you know what i mean so i think this being organized together is great however um and this is the question that i have for this uh bouncy bob on or sorry <laughs> that's the game banjo bob hey banjo bob uh you and i talked in the comments a couple days ago uh, banjo bob asked what are your thoughts on nintendo being absent from phase one of summer game fest that was announced today i think this is a great question um i have some theories number one a, que a curiosity of mine though is what's phase one mean because they haven't really said it could be that phase one is just year one and it's like this is how it's going to begin over the future it'll evolve into something different or it could mean that this is phase one of this year's summer games fest which to be honest doesn't make sense to me because on that slide from earlier all those publishers and developers and stuff well i guess 
that were listed, it said May through August 2020 for all those, and it said phase one. So I can't imagine that phase two just intersperses more stuff into that. Um, it could, you know, like maybe, but I can't think of many other big publishers that weren't on that list besides Nintendo. So there are definitely are some, but I don't know that's going to be a thing. So I think the the most tinfoil hat theory that it could be is that Nintendo doesn't want to announce anything yet and doesn't want to set anything in stone, but that they could still be in the background talking to Jeff Keighley and all that. They have a great relationship um, about being a part of the Summer Game Fest anyway, just not being announced on the front end because there's a bit more mystery what's going on there. Whereas like, we know games are coming out from publishers. I mean, we know games are coming out from Nintendo as well, but uh, we know these other publishers have games they have to announce for the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 5 and stuff. And Nintendo's the only company that really has nothing to do with those two new consoles. And we need to know, or a lot of people need to know what games are going to be coming out for those consoles. So that's why this is really important. Sorry, my lip is itchy. Um, yeah, so I, man, I'm just really uh, curious to see how this pans out. Ideally, it would be like every two weeks, there's a digital presentation or there's a whole week worth of news that comes out where like they have an announcement on this day, they drop a trailer, then, you know, live stream stuff, different days, something like that. But I agree with Jeff's sentiment for sure that having something to look forward to and band around is pretty essential, not essential. That's it sounds too entitled, but is really helpful in a time that otherwise is kind of discouraging and hard for a lot of people. Um, honestly, myself included, like it's been a really hard time just like not being able to see friends, you know, like having a life is just different right now and that's fine and it needs to be different for things to get better. But at the same time, you know, like, boy, do I not wish it could just be normal at the same time. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I've got a good support structure, which is great. And I've got a lovely wife and cute puppies. But um, I would love to see some friends. <laughs> so so that, yeah, that was an interesting piece of news. A good question uh, from Banjo Bob. That's, yeah, I'll be very interested to see what it ends up looking like in the end um, and all that. So, but this one, this news article was uh, a bit of a shock to me, to be perfectly honest. The Mother series is getting a book. Like, what in the world? So let me, here, let's read the article together. Uh, it's very interesting. So the title is uh, Hobonichi Mother Project Announced, book containing all dialogue coming, other news teased. And here's here's what we got. And all, I think all that we've gotten um, is the teaser trailer in Japanese. So that's interesting. Because, like, why only in Japanese? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but the article says, Nintendo's Mother series hasn't had a lot of news in recent years, but that's starting to change today. New initiatives are being planned as a part of the Hobonichi Mother Project. The first update concerns a book containing every piece of dialogue from the franchise. It's tentatively planned for release by the end of this year. Other merchandise is planned as well, though no specific information has been provided. Quote, unquote, several other announcements have been teased that will make fans of the series happy. And uh, somewhere, uh, doesn't say it on this, but I'm pretty sure it said that it was going to be, well, if it doesn't say it here, then that's interesting because that was part of my point. Uh, somewhere it says that it's going to be in other languages or all languages or something and not just Japanese, I guess. Which, obviously, is very interesting considering Mother 3 has never officially been localized outside of Japan. And that's the one, that's the game, that's the game, you know? Everybody's been clamoring for that one for, I say everyone, but you know, like that's been the meme for all these years. Since 2006 when it came out on the, came out on the Game Boy Advance, that's the game that people have wanted and wondered about and stuff so if they now have the dialogue in english come out in a book 
Could be that that was a mistranslation, that, that, that it's only coming out in Japan, only in Japanese, and in which case, less validity to, to my theory here. But um, if it's coming out in English, then like, that's, they've got, that was like the thing that's holding them back from doing a, a localization here is the dialogue because the rest is the game's the same you know um they have to like program the dialogue into places but that's less hard than translating it itself because it's not just translating it's localizing which means all the jokes have to make sense and you know all that kind of stuff you can't just slap it in google translate because puns won't make any sense etc etc localization it's hard i'm sure but the thing the thing about all this is it seems to me and I tweeted out about this the other day it seems to me that this would be so irresponsible fine if they do it but so irresponsible for them to bring this back in this way localize it to different languages and put out a book of all this for it to only be this you know like that doesn't make sense to me if that's what they're doing because if if there were no you know clamoring for it or anything like if there was if it wasn't already a meme then it wouldn't then that's fine you know like um i'm trying to think of an equivalent to that even like i don't know like ice climbers or something like a game it's like yeah whatever i mean there's no dialogue in ice climbers but something equivalent to that and they were like oh we're just going to put out a book about it i could see them just doing that and it not being a big deal but in this case to me specifically if this is the and and i'll be all of this announcement that doesn't make any sense because they know how much people have been talking about wanting mother three for the longest time and they haven't done anything about it and now this is the closest that it would have ever been and on top of that i saw somebody point this out somewhere and quite agree that earthbound beginnings has never come and and um earthbound haven't come to nintendo switch online um and earthbound beginnings like you know mother one that's that would be one of like the only nes games we're getting a bunch of trash nes games these days like it's not good ones um and there are still some good ones i mean there's plenty of third party good ones that they could pull over but that's one of the only first party ones it's like a just glaring omission is earthbound beginnings especially because it was localized back on the wii u so it seems like an easy time to at minimum do um since it's localized now do a mother collection that's exactly the same not up res or anything like that or put them all at the same time on a nintendo switch online so that at that point you know they don't have earthbound beginnings and then earthbound and then people are like what about mother three they can just do them all at once get it over with so though <laughs> They could go a couple different ways with this, um, but if this is the end of, if it's just this book, that seems irresponsible to me. In my personal opinion, I also kind of don't care that much um, for me, (laughs) but I care for a lot of other people that do care, um, and just for their PR in general, because that would be tricky. Um, But yeah, speaking of Earthbound Beginnings though, the question following up on this is Grizz again, asks was the wii u a flop <sighs> yeah i mean yeah i think i think we would all agree um it's i the definition of a flop i don't think is the same as um it being bad you know like something could be i don't know like that's that's the whole point of um hidden gems you know on something or like honestly xenoblade chronicles which we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the podcast xenoblade chronicles the original one was sort of a flop on the wii just because um, it just didn't sell particularly well because they didn't make enough copies they put it out at the end of the wii lifespan like all that kind of stuff it had everything going against it but obviously a game lots of people love and was considered a great game at the time but commercially yeah, that's not the best example, but you get the point. The Wii U, yeah, a hundred percent. It didn't sell as well as uh, as they wanted it to. You know, that's that's the thing. It's one of the worst selling consoles of all time. Honest, it, of the like main, you know, I, it sold better than the Sega Saturn and stuff like that, to my recollection. 
But um, and the Dreamcast, I'm pretty sure. But let's talk about it a little bit more specifically. Um, Nintendo, uh, like, had the success of the Wii, and then they wanted to keep going, you know, into the casual audience in the same way, but also kind of branch off of there. And I think the reason that it was a flop is, I mean, it's talked about all the time, actually. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I speaking from very personal experience, when I saw the trailer for the Wii U, like I, my roommate was watching, I remember it was summer of 2012, and as many of our regular listeners know, I wasn't paying attention to gaming barely at all at the time. It was summer of 2012, I um, was at college, living with four other guys, and one of my roommates was super into, <laughs> super into Brawl at the time, um, so... He was just, you know, paying attention to Nintendo stuff and was watching the E3 presentation. And he showed me either I was sitting in the room with him when he was watching it or he showed me later. But I saw the trailer for the Wii U. I think I was sitting with him because I remember when they announced it's the Wii U and they like pulled the U up or something like that. And he was like, what? Really? And I legitimately was just like oh so just more we okay and then like was never corrected and for for several years like i as somebody who's now very much in the gaming space and cares about all this and knows lots of things at the time really had zero clue um it felt like a peripheral to me as far as i was to understand it and when i went to the store like even in 2016, when I finally got another Wii after, in 2015, my wife and I got married and I was like, ah, I should have a Wii. So we got one and I'd go to the store and there would be a whole section of Wii U games and then like equally as many, maybe more Wii games, which is like, that's pretty sad for the newest generation to have. Like, imagine if right now you went to the store and it was like Xbox One one games and then xbox 360 games and there were as many xbox or more xbox 360 games as xbox one games like that's pretty pitiful but that's the way it was it seemed like at least in my stores and i'd go and be like man why is there so many wii u games Uh, like i wish they just put out more wii games instead they didn't market well that this was a new system that you needed to have um so a lot of people just didn't have it the only thing that tempted me to get it um, as a very casual observer was at some point I fell into the Super Mario Maker YouTube rabbit hole and was like, I would like to play Super Mario Maker, but I didn't get a Wii U for that. Instead, I just got it on Switch. So good question. Whether the Wii U was a flop, it um, it certainly was. But the next news article, not a flop. Reggie, he is a fantastic, uh, I would say a little guy, but he's he's very tall. He's like six one, so I guess he's not that tall, but he's like, you know, he's just feels like a he's a guy. Reggie, he's got a podcast. This isn't going to be a long news article, but um, wanted to share this with you guys because I thought it was super cool. So, former Nintendo chief Rez, er, Reggie Fizeme joins new podcast to raise funds for homeless youths. Um, I don't want to read this whole article because it's quite quite long, and I don't feel like doing. But the crux of it is that to raise money, he and another guy who was listed here somewhere, but I forgot where and forgot his name, are coming together to make a podcast. Um, And the idea is that you would be a donor on GoFundMe. um, And from that, you get some benefits for the podcast. You could listen to some extra excerpts so everybody can listen to the base one but there's like some extra bits that you can listen to otherwise and then you um the first one he's gonna have jeff Keeley on and that that gofundme though it says will be used to provide games and game consoles to use in homeless shelters the games fizeme said would provide some escape and positive experiences especially since some shelters lack internet access so this is something uh, i mean i I wonder if it'll it's anything past that. I don't really know. I mostly just skimmed this article because I thought it was interesting. But that I mean, it's super cool to be doing charitable stuff. It's fun for us to be able to listen to more things, but also serving your community and volunteering and doing any. I mean, charitable stuff in general is really important and it's really good. 
um, to be doing. That's my parents run a nonprofit. That's all about volunteer mobilization. So I've got a soft spot in my heart for that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Nothing crazy to be saying here. You know what? Even though this article is super long, but there it is. Look at that. I, when I find out the details about when the podcast is going up, I'll let you know. But to be perfectly honest, I don't know all the details. I was looking myself, but didn't find anything straight up. So it's fun to me as an aside. Here's just a thought that I had had too, that Reggie specifically um, is still doing things like engaging with the community in a way that he doesn't need to by any means. He's retired. Um, he's, you know, working with GameStop. He's on their board now. Um, and doing things where he's still involved. But um, just the fact that he has a presence still for good and for, you know, positive, like obviously caring about people and not just being, I don't know, some corporate shill or something like that. It just warms my heart and makes me makes me feel happy about it. So that's that. It's good stuff. And then here's a here's a question from Duncan on our Discord. What's up, Duncan? Said, yo, P-Dog, what... <laughs> I love it. Um, what a side note, one of my villagers named Curly, who's a pig, asked me, hey, is it okay if I call you vitamin P? And I said, sure, why not? And now every time he sees me, he's like, what's up, vitamin P? Like, that's not a good, that's just, it, it is what it is, but it's it's funny to me. Okay. He says, yo, P-Dog, what are some, or what are one or some games that you know is objectively bad, but you love anyway? If you've got a few, what would you consider the most shameful? Honestly, I thought about this question. Um, I thought about this question, like, last week. Somebody tweeted out something that was similar effect of, like, what's the game that you love with the lowest Metacritic score, something like that. And I um, looked up some games that I like that, I mean, all the Switch games, like I know the rough general Metacritic scores of the Switch games that I played. So I had to just look back, like what are some older games of mine that I played um, and their scores. And like most of them were pretty good. So I don't know the answer to this question, to be honest. Like most of them, I feel like, are just decent games like because i'd get them by recommendation back in the day or now like most of the games that i don't like also are ones that didn't do super well um i mean i have the opposite of that i guess like uh, well no that assassin's creed 3 was one that people apparently i guess didn't like very much and i also wasn't a huge fan of it um playing it for the first time last year so I'll have to get back to you on this because I feel like most of the games that I like are just also good games that most people like. Maybe this is a hot take. Um, according to AJ, Pokemon Blue, I still like it. Like, I'd, I'd still play Pokemon. The only problem that I have with it is legitimately just movement is slow. Like, I don't like having to walk to get from place to place very slowly. Um, you got you get the bicycle eventually, but it's still not great, you know? Like, it would be nice to move faster because, especially because I know where I'm trying to go, um, it's not like I'm, if I were exploring at that pace, that would be one thing. But, like, knowing that I want to get to the other side of the map and I don't have fly yet or something like that is like, I, I just want to be there by now. Um, I honestly have the same thing in real life. There were times in in college especially i remember that i'd be on one side of campus and know i have to get to the other side of campus not even really be in a rush but like i just don't feel like just walking there so i'm just gonna run and i don't have to and in retrospect that probably looked weird just seeing a kid just running across campus but at the same time just assume they're running late for class and everything is fine you know what i mean that's what i'm saying uh and then also it's fine to be super excited. I don't know. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. We're getting a lot of news about this. Um, I'm not going to share much of it because I haven't looked into much of it, but I just wanted to let you guys know, in case you didn't already, that there's more news about Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And, like, again, I haven't played the original yet. I almost did. I, um, uh, several years, again, before the Switch, Christmas of 2015, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas is 2015. Um, just bought my Wii earlier that year and then gave my wife a list of like, here's some games that I'd be interested in. And the top two that I was like, I really like it to be one of these two was Twilight Princess and Xenoblade Chronicles. And I and she got Twilight Princess. So I didn't get Xenoblade Chronicles and then stuff. And then eventually Switch came out and stuff. So I just never went back to it and don't have it. And so I'm excited to play for the first time. I uh, played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and I really enjoyed that a lot. I have Torna that I got this last Christmas, but I haven't played it yet. So I'll probably go back to that after I've played the original because um, they connect and stuff to my understanding. But all that said, um, they've got a bunch of things coming out and I don't know if I want to look into it or not, but I know about Future Connected. Here's the details that I do know that aren't spoilery at all. Uh, It takes place after the game. Something, something, something. There's a new kind of enemy, I think. So that's fun. And it sounds like speculation. I saw Stealth post on Twitter that he's speculating that it'd be like 20 to 25 hours worth of content. And it's coming in the game for free, which is super cool. So it to me, it sounds like a like Torna, but less. Um, but that was paid DLC, whereas this is just free as part of the game because obviously for people that have played the original game, this is something else to be able to play on top of that, which is real neat. And uh, it also, I think it takes place on the Bionis's shoulder, which I know was an area that had gotten cut from the original game. So the whole original game is as it was in the areas that it was. And this is in a new area that we never have gotten to see, which is real fun. So I let me know. I'm curious who of you guys are actually excited about this game. I know I am, but I know not everybody is into the same games that I am. Um, like, I don't think AJ cares about this at all. AJ, do you care about this at all? I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm excited about it. So we'll see what happens. And then, you know what? This last question that we got, and then uh, that'll that'll actually be right around the end, is sorry, D asks, have you experimented with new foods during quarantine? How did they turn out? And would you recommend them to your viewers, listeners? I feel like I did... Um, yeah, (laughs) I also don't remember. This was a while back. So I kind of feel like I might've mentioned this on the podcast at some point. Um, I made a dish, uh, that actually was like, I want something that has, um, like a casserole with like hamburger meat in it or something like, you know, um, ground beef in it, but that's like cheesy and ricey and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll look something like that up or maybe she looked it up or we looked it up, but I made it but we were missing several of the ingredients and we weren't going out to the store um, because quarantine and all that. And we didn't need other things. We just needed the ingredients for this. But like chili sauce was one of the things that we didn't have, but it was a thing that it asked for. And it was a crock pot recipe. And I looked up how to make chili sauce and found a thing. And it suggested a certain amount of various things, one of which was cinnamon. And I put cinnamon in there. That was a mistake. Um, so I made the meal. I don't even know what it's called, but I made the meal in the crock pot and it just tasted like beefy, cheesy cinnamon rice, <laughs> which is, you know, not really what you're looking for. I thought it was fine. Like I, every time we had a ton of it cause it's a crock pot recipe. So I put, um, I put a bunch of hot sauce and sour cream in there just to like add some, kind of more savory flavors and have it more balanced out. Uh, But Ashley like had half a bowl and was like, it's just really sweet and cinnamony. And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's what it, that is what it is. I can't, uh, it was a time. Um, Besides that though, I mean, we're sticking to pretty much usuals um, for better or for worse. I did accidentally, or I was at this store and wanted to buy some frozen um, chicken tenders or like, you know, breaded chicken or something. They didn't have any, uh, but they had buffalo chicken strips. And I got those and was like, probably these aren't going to be that great. But I was like, I'll make some for myself. I don't think Ashley liked them because like, you know, they're kind of spicy, I guess. I made two of them one day for lunch. and I was like, Ashley, you want one of these? She's like, I'll try it. And she loved it. So we've gotten those a couple more times. So that's been good. 
but otherwise nothing crazy but um you know what guys that's about it i'm gonna check real quick make sure there's no last minute questions that came in because if so i'd love to answer them before we go but i suspect that we have about tapped out most of the things um and um checking no oh nope that's it that's all the questions so here's the thing this has been a weird podcast if you're new to this this isn't how our podcasts normally are but if any of this is stuff that you'd like us to bring into our normal podcast cool that's awesome we're um thinking about how to switch stuff up this isn't the way we were planning on switching anything up by the way but we're talking about that in any case um we'll probably run some ideas by if you're in our supporters discord because you're one of our supporters we'll probably be talking to you about some ideas of what we're thinking of doing moving forward in the future and would love to hear your thoughts on that i didn't need to tell you that on this necessarily because you'll you already know you're super active if you're in the supporters discord um but if you're not you could be you know if uh, you support this channel and that that would be a cool cool thing to do so uh, that's about it for me. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, for your patience throughout all this. Hopefully you had a fun time. I know I did. I've been wearing these headphones this whole time, even though th- I don't need to. There's no reason for me to be wearing these headphones except for um, it helps me speak more naturally because I am can't hear myself quite as well. So, that you know, that's a thing. The, and then I... And I wouldn't be like, you know, whispering down because like nobody cares if I'm talking loud. That's the whole point of it. Just got to be talking normal. But um, that's yeah, that's it for me. You know what? See you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, comment down below. Let me. Here's the here's the question for today. Um, 15 or 24, you know, uh, in the comments of the YouTube video, just let me know 15 or 24. That's that's what I'm very curious about. You can and explain why, because maybe maybe that means something to you that it doesn't mean to me. Um, And we'll find out. That's it for me. See you guys later.